Welcome to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment, sponsored by Tech Help Boston. Welcome to a weekly series on a mission to showcase women who are doing incredible things with their lives. Women who are good and brave and kind and wise. Women who are willing to share their success stories. But above all, this is a show that's meant to inspire you to reach for your own goals and dreams. Because if she can do it, you can do it. In the spotlight, a woman who is heading up a nonprofit called Strong Women, Strong Girls here in Boston. And the focus is mentoring and inspiring young girls, finding them college-aged mentors who show them that the sky really is the limit, giving them the confidence to dream and to do. Her name is Natalie Martinez, and this is her story. Natalie, welcome to the story behind her success. Thank you, Candy. It's nice to see you again. We met briefly last year, but we're really going to get to know each other today. I'm excited. Tell us about Strong Women, Strong Girls Boston. What is the mission? How does it work? Strong Women, Strong Girls is a multi-generational mentoring organization. Our goal is to empower girls to believe in themselves and to see a path for success. The way the organization works is that we partner with universities around the city of Boston, and we draw college mentors from that pool of universities, and they mentor girls in grades three through five in a cohort model. So they go out to different community centers and schools around the city of Boston and mentor girls. The whole purpose of the mentor relationship is around the six C's of positive youth development. Community, connection, caring, character, competency, and confidence. Research shows us that there is a critical time in the life of a girl when her self-esteem is either going to soar or it's going to drop and fall apart. Can you tell us all about that? The reason why we are targeting girls between grades three through five is that research shows, as you said, that between the ages of nine and 11, a girl has all the confidence in the world. We've all seen it. Those spunky little nine, 10, 11 year old girls who are at the front of the line or leading the charge or running things around their homes. But then somewhere right before adolescence, girls particularly experience a huge drop in confidence and self-esteem. By the time they're 12, 13, 14 years old, you'll start to see that light sort of dim and then they start to fade into the background. And in the classrooms, they let the boys move ahead of them and they don't raise their hand as much. But what we've found is that if during the ages of 9 and 11, you really start to help them find their own agency or to realize who they are as a young girl, from there, if they have those skills, they take it on through adolescence and then they move into a life full of confidence and full of power. On the other side of things, if they don't have that reinforcement, oftentimes research has shown us that they get involved in self-deprecating behaviors. So some people display eating disorders, others get involved in violence in their communities, really targeting the time when the girl is at her peak and enforcing those things so that we can carry her through adolescence and into adulthood. The organization has been around for a while mm -hmm. and is active in other cities across the country, Boston and Pittsburgh. And it was created by a woman named Lindsay Hyde, mm -hmm. who began it as her senior year project in high school. And then she went on to Harvard. It must be a good feeling for her to know that this thing has just blossomed all over the country. Have you met her at all? I have. Um, Lindsay and I have met a couple times. And mostly I wanted to just find out why she was interested in starting Strong Women, Strong Girls. What I heard from her mostly was that 
We serve girls in underrepresented communities. So at an affluent college such as Harvard, she wanted an opportunity to give back. There weren't any opportunities really for her to mentor 15 years ago when she started the organization. And so her and a few of her classmates partnered up with a local school that was near their campus. They started the first cohort and we went on from there. She is a great advocate for the organization and a wonderful founder, but she stepped away as a leader and I am the executive director as a result. Big shoes to fill in Boston, right? Absolutely. <laughs> We're talking about college women from seven area colleges, 550 elementary school girls from 45 different community centers across the city. What does it take to get an organization like this into the minds and the hearts of others, especially moms, dads, caregivers? Our mission and our organization catches on like wildfire by word of mouth. Our initial partnership is with the schools. Over the years, we've reached out to different Boston public schools and partnered in that way. But as soon as the girls are in the program and the schools are aware of what we're doing, it's amazing how people tell their friends about us. Girls recruit their own friends to come into the program. It's pretty cool to see that happen. One of our recent college mentors who signed up to become a mentor with us was partnered with a different nonprofit organization in the city. A young girl that she was mentoring in that organization said to her, oh, you're going to Simmons College next year? I'm a part of Strong Women, Strong Girls. You should become a mentor. So we have even have our girls <laughs> recruiting college mentors for us. So it's an amazing way of sharing our information. Our program director goes out. She makes partnerships with people around the city of Boston and so forth. And then we figure out if the school is a good fit for the program, bring the services in. But then once we're in there, People just talk about us all across the city of Boston. Let's walk through the programming. The focus is on female role models. Yes. What do the girls learn about? Once a week, college mentors travel out to the school or community center. They have a 90-minute session, and the ratio is one college mentor to four girls. So in a situation where you have 12 girls, it's three or maybe four college mentors. They sit for 90 minutes. They start off with peaks and valleys, and the girls can share how their week was, the college mentors share as well, and that's where you start to build that relationship. From there, they read a bio of a role model, and the bio focuses on one of the six C's that I've mentioned. The girls have time to reflect and think through the program and think through how this person that they know before them, such as Congresswoman Ayanna Presley, we've featured her a few times, how does she resonate with me and can I see myself in her? And the mentors really help the girls think through what it means to be confident, like Congresswoman Ayanna Presley. Once they finish going through the bio, there's an opportunity for an activity. The activity is sometimes stemmed around STEM programming. Sometimes it's a journal entry. Other times they've been able to write their own personal commercials, which is pretty cool. (laughs) And then at the very end of the 90 minutes, they do what is a get active because we believe in being active participants. And so they do some sort of physical activity. And then they close out the day with reflection and journaling and so forth. And that happens once a week, so a fall semester and a spring semester. So we really infuse this short period of time to build relationship with these college mentors and girls around people that are very influential in our lives. I am guessing that the girls and the college mentors often create unbreakable bonds. They do. Tell me about some of those success stories. One of the biggest success stories that I often draw from is one of our staff people who was in my office. She was once a girl, went on to be a college mentor when she was attending UMass Boston and is now an employee in our office. 
She'll say that in school, she was a shy girl, and she really attributes being able to be successful from our program. But additionally, we have girls that reach out to their college mentors all the time. We're figuring out sort of a maybe a pen pal situation when they have off times from not being in school and so forth. But the bond between these girls, if you see them at our community events, they're so excited to see each other. They're so excited to know that they have this relationship with these really important figures in their life. You know, years ago, I had a chance to host uh, something called Jump Into Spring. Mm -hmm. And the girls were making their own capes Mm -hmm. and they were putting them on their backs, you know, and they were running all around this gym. It was kind of a rainy day, but it was just beautiful to see them. And they were with their mentors creating these capes. And I remember standing back thinking, the message here is, little girl, you can do anything. Exactly. That's exactly the message. And that's what we want the young girls to take away from this program. We don't want them to be in our program for three years and then walk away and forget all of the things that we've reinforced. But, you know, it's just like any positive or traumatic situation that happens to you. These moments that the college mentors are creating with our young girls is going to be embedded in their hearts and in their memories for the rest of their lives so that when those difficult times come, because we all have them, they can draw on that strength. And maybe they're in front of someone that doesn't look like them, or maybe they're in a situation where they don't necessarily know how to navigate it. But they can think back to the amazing example that Congresswoman Presley made when she had to cut all of her hair off. And having studied that, they can draw into that little nugget that says, you know what, if she could do it, I can do it, too. And that's the whole point of the program. And speaking of the college mentors, Mm -hmm. Strong Women, Strong Girls also finds mentors for them through their Strong Leaders Network. Tell me about that. Strong Leaders Network is a relatively new project, and it came out of wanting to offer more support for the college mentors. What we've learned is that our mentor demographic is very different than our demographic of the girls we serve. So predominantly girls of color from under-resourced backgrounds are the girls that we serve. And our college mentors are from affluent schools, so a lot of them are not women of color. Their lives are being transformed through this relationship that they're building with these girls, but they oftentimes come from a position that they may not have had the same types of experiences that these girls had growing up. So one of the ways that we've tried to reinforce or support that network is to bring in a network of local professional women who may not necessarily touch on those particular subjects, but are there to mentor the college women around their career success, but even around what they're doing with the girls in the program. And ultimately, our goal is to build out that program so it can be a support system for the college mentors. For the professional women, we draw from women around the city of Boston. We have some pretty tremendous corporate relationships with some nice corporations around Boston who support the organization. And we offer the opportunity for their employees to volunteer. And this is the way that they're able to volunteer with us. We're trying to expand to more opportunities for employee volunteering beyond mentoring. But currently, that's the way that corporations can get their volunteers involved. It's not just corporations, though. Any woman that wants to mentor that hears about us is welcome to sign up for the Strong Leaders Network and help us with the college women, as well as other things that we need in the organization. We have listeners all around the world. And if what you're hearing sounds kind of interesting and you want to know more about it, just go to SWSG. That stands for StrongWomenStrongGirls.org. In my work interviewing women, Natalie, I have learned that if we show each other 
how we got to where we are today. Mm -hmm. It's almost like paving the way. It's almost like creating a roadmap. It's just about telling your story. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with me? I agree 100%. My story in particular is very unorthodox. I didn't follow the traditional path as most people would have. I went to a predominantly private school for most of my education and then went off to a HBCU for college and then had to come home for different reasons and only finished a few credits there. And then I went through a, a series of different jobs and finally finished my college education as a result of my mentor or someone who developed into a mentor for me, encouraging me to finish my education. And from there, I had all of these dreams and hopes that I wanted to do, but I didn't know necessarily how to accomplish those things. Having someone to breathe into me and to say to me, you know, Natalie, you have all these things that you want to do. You want to give back to your community. This is how you get it done. And so I was able to cultivate my career path and cultivate my education and therefore end up in the role that I'm in today. For the person that graduates high school, goes straight through the four years, does the master's, that wasn't my trajectory. I think that I'm able to speak to people from my community and really resonate with those who are not traditional or haven't followed the traditional path or may not see the road to being an executive director. It's really all about passion and drive and access to certain resources, which I'm thankful was given to me. In fact, you've been involved in the nonprofit world your entire career, so you yes. found your home there. What does this work mean to you? Why do you do it? It's not for the money, right? It's not. <laughs> Please support our sponsors. They make this show possible. These days, more and more people are working from home. When your computer breaks down, you lose business. This is Dave Elmasian, president of TechHelpBoston.com. Our tech experts will come to your home or office to fix your computer. Same day, next day, and weekends too. More than 30,000 families and businesses have trusted us since 2000. You can trust Tech Help Boston to keep your computer and systems running right. Call 781-484-1265 or visit TechHelpBoston.com. That's TechHelpBoston.com. It takes teamwork to put a weekly series like this together. I am so grateful to Jordan Rich and Ken Carberry for giving the story behind her success a home at Shark Productions. And to Dan Tebow, our editor from Fast Twitch Media. JC Valeris at Platinum Circle Media, who handles our social media marketing and so much more. Thank you all for making me look so good. To be honest with you, for me personally, I really believe that nonprofit organizations, community organizations are the stopgap between what's given from the federal government and what's infused in the community through commercial economics. There are a lot of people who they have their regular jobs, they live paycheck to paycheck or might have a little bit of savings. You might not be able to send your child to any extracurricular activities or you may not be able to have other resources for your family, like understanding financial literacy. Nonprofit organizations really help support the community. We are doing the work of filling the void. That's why I do it. You know, I'm a community girl. I come from the city of Boston, and it was because of certain things that were offered to me free of charge that I was able to make it. And that's what nonprofits do, and that's why I care about it. I want to give back to my community. I want to see us thrive. And nonprofits, I believe, are one of the ways to help that happen. You are the executive director. You're also the co-president of Strong Women, Strong Girls Boston. What is your leadership philosophy? My leadership philosophy is all about collaboration. 
collaboration to the point where if all of the right minds are in the room or collaborative minds are in the room, we can do great things. Myself and my co-president, we often talk about different topics that affects the organization in the national spectrum even more broadly. How do we bring the male voice into the room? How do we bring other organizations that want to do similar things that we're doing into the room? My philosophy is all about if we can collaborate, we can get anything done. And Strong Women, Strong Girls is also alive and well in Pittsburgh besides Boston. Can we talk just a little bit about your upbringing? Sure. So you grew up in Boston. Tell me what life was like in your house. I grew up in Mattapan specifically. I am the youngest of three daughters. My parents have been together for over 50 years. I was pretty quiet growing up. I had a lot of hopes and dreams inside of me, but I think being the youngest and also I'm very quiet or shy, honestly, and then somewhat introverted, although I'm in an extroverted job, so there's a lot of self-care that I need to practice. I had a lot of hopes and dreams, but I really didn't have my voice growing up. You know, I was really sort of what I felt like was in the background. I looked up to my sisters quite a bit. They took care of me when I was growing up. The two of them, being older, moved away when I was fairly young. It was just me left to figure out what I wanted to do in the world. My mom is a major influence in my life. She is the ultimate caregiver. She takes care of us even to this day in our adulthood. She's always there for us through everything that we need. And my dad, he's a military man and always has been in the house and takes care of his family as any man would. They live in those gender roles, which are somewhat different in nowadays. That's what my household was like growing up, with an emphasis on definitely finishing high school for sure. So education was important. You say your dad was in the military. Was it strict? It was more strict for me than it was for my two older sisters, to be honest with you. There was a few life situations that happened. And so my dad then enforced some rules with me that they didn't necessarily have, which I think helped me in the end. Sure. (laughs) He wasn't strict in terms of what you would normally think in terms of a military man in the house. He was just the typical dad that always provided for his girls and his wife. It wasn't super strict until I got into high school and he wanted to make sure I made it through okay. (laughs) You are now the mother of three daughters. I am. What is your message to your girls about self-confidence, about community, responsibility, giving back? I think if I could speak for them, they would say that I always have taught them to believe in themselves and always that they were created for a reason and they have something to offer this world. And it's it's one of the things that I constantly preach to them. Your path may not be like everyone else's, but there is something unique in you that you have to contribute to this planet. In addition to that, I am really into politics, so I have constantly talked to them about politics until they were you know, since they were little, little girls. And additionally, education is huge for me. I really believe that it's a path to success for a lot of people. It's not the only path. It is a path. So I've emphasized that for them. Ironically enough, they all are taking three different roads to whatever they're going to do for their lives. But in terms of giving back, because again, they're all unique and they have something to offer this planet, whatever way that that gives them love and strength, I encourage them to do so. As you made your way in your career in the nonprofit world, did you have a mentor? When I had my second daughter, I wanted to get into fundraising. So I went for a job at an organization that I feel like my manager at the time took a chance on me and they gave me the job. I had no experience and I had two girls. She's the one that said, go back and finish your degree. 
she's the one that noticed how fierce I was in terms of raising my daughters. And at the time, I had been raising them on my own. I didn't have my third daughter at that time. And she was saying, you would never want your daughters to have their voices quieted. And I don't want yours quieted. Get your education and figure out the path. Somehow, organically, she became a mentor to me and stayed with me throughout my career, even though I left and went on to other jobs. And she was a major influence in my life and still is to this day. I think of her as family now as opposed to a mentor, but I really am thankful for the influence that she had over my life at that time. And of course, my mom. I was just about to say, I'm going to guess, you know, based on how you described your mom, that she has always been your role model. Always. What is it about her? I've thought about this a lot recently because my daughters are a little older. My mom's just my rock. I don't want to tear up, but I can call on her night and day, and she's always, always there for me. It doesn't matter if I just want to say, you know, Mommy, this happened at work, and I just need to vent to you. The other thing that she always does for me is she pulls me into perspective. When I'm hard on myself, she always has a way to bring me out of that space and really remind me, like, why I'm here and what I'm trying to do and that it's bigger than me and that I can do anything that I put my mind to. You know, Sorry. And there you go. You know, it's so interesting because it never fails when we talk about our moms. Yeah, she's Most amazing. Most of the time, this is where the tears come from. Yeah. It sounds to me like you've passed it all on to your girls as well. I'm doing my very best. I believe I have, but I'm, I'm doing my very best. Next couple questions I ask everyone who sits where you are. Sure. When an obstacle is in your path, mm-hmm. how do you get around it? I'm a processor. <laughs> so I like to have a lot of information. But to be honest with you, there's a fire that's burning inside of me. So I just don't take no for an answer. I always believe when there's a will, there's a way. And it sounds a little cliche, but that's absolutely what I believe. I just don't believe that anything should be able to hold us back at any point. What's the best piece of advice you have ever received? Maybe it's a piece of wisdom that you could share with our listeners all around the world. Take care of yourself because we're human. We have these superhuman qualities sometimes, and I'm not necessarily referring to myself in that vein, but there's like amazing people in the world who do these amazing things and it feels like it's superhuman. To be honest, in order to get this done, you have to take care of yourself. I believe that we all have chapters in our lives. If I had asked you this question 10 years ago, you might have a different answer. (laughs) But right now, at this moment, Natalie Martinez, what does success mean to you? Happiness. Because we're living in a world where there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of trauma The work that we do is to see certain things come forward. Success means to me to be happy in every facet of my life. I find happiness in the work that I'm doing, even though it's sometimes 14-hour days. And I find happiness in looking at my family, going home to my husband and my daughters. I find happiness even in just figuring out who I am as a human being. It's not about how much money I have in the bank. It's not about how many people that I'm able to reach or touch. It's just being complete in what it is that I'm doing. And I think that that makes me successful because I'm not reaching for anything that I can't achieve necessarily. I'm content in the space that I'm in. I want to say thank you so much for sharing your story today and maybe providing a roadmap to somebody who might be listening, thinking, if she can do it, I can do it. Natalie Martinez, Strong Women, Strong Girls Boston. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry. 
This is a series with one goal in mind, to shine the spotlight on women doing great things with their lives. We hope these weekly stories will motivate and inspire you. If you'd like to suggest someone for Candy to interview, she'd love to hear about it. Connect with her anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and her website, CandyOterry.com. That's C-A-N-D-Y-O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. You'll find all of these links in the show notes. What's your story?